Lads, we are back. We are still here. We have not gone anywhere. Happy Sunday, uh-huh. guys. Happy Sunday. God, the we really week went by quickly and somehow somehow at the same time felt like it was very quick and long. I don't know what how to describe that, but I I understand. I get that. It's a tough time. It's a tough time. Anyway, how are you guys? Exhausted. You're exhausted? <laughs> Pretty tired. Yeah. You know when you're know you're tired, but you can't sleep in, like just your body gets up. 7:30 a.m. because you're just my, too used to it. No, my body just is kind of like, no, Adam, we we need to recover. My body doesn't know the concept of being an early person. Just it won't let me. Thank goodness it won't let me do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm always the early one. <laughs> yeah, you're never late. Never yeah. the odds. Five <laughs> past two. Where's Daniel? Oh, yeah, he's late again. Even though he knew he's probably in his lasagna or something. Oh, mm-hmm. It was a beef lasagna, just to confirm. I know you've been. Not you bechamel. Got some bechamel or? Um, it's the ground beef. Just ground cottage beef. Cheese. Cottage cheese. Okay, I mean, you know, get some bechamel in there, maybe. Cheese. Not, but, um, yeah. Alex, what else goes into lasagna? I don't know. Tomato um, sauce. Tomato sauce. Pasta. Pasta. Cheese and whatnot. That's about it. Mm-hmm. You guys ever eat uh, like a whole wheat pasta? Mm-hmm. Like the smart pasta? Why? It is awful. It's very it filling. Like, I feel like Italy should. We like, went through that phase in my house, and I don't think it lasted very long. That doesn't seem very Italian. That's why it didn't last very long. That's that's probably why. That's that's weird. That's very weird. Alex, is there, like when we translate lasagna, is there like an English counterpart to it, or is it just lasagna? I think it's just lasagna. This is lasagna, okay. That was probably why everyone calls it lasagna. Yeah. If Garfield calls it lasagna, then I it's think lasagna. we have to stick by it, right? Yeah. Andrew Garfield? No, I know. Yeah, Garfield I know. the cat. <laughs> uh, have some respect. Have some respect for, for, for the OG. Okay. Bit of a, it's going to be a very rough turn from Garfield to our next topic, but uh, this is the first time God, like, episode of the podcast if you want to talk about how long it's been since the last episode uh russia has invaded ukraine uh i i think of all this and naturally you know our hearts our condolences and all that go out to all the people affected um it speaks to not only you see certain russian athletes who are are saying who was i think it was a tennis player who wrote no war please Uh, on uh, when he was signing a caprin um, you see people in Russia even protesting, and we know what that kind of place that is power to them. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the hockey thing in a second, but I, you know what I'm worried about? What's that? Is right now is I, the older you get, you know, you really start really understanding how bad World War II was. Like recently, I found out watching a lot of documentaries, right? What I'm worried about is how people, you know, right now, mental health has never been more important and more in the sort of frontier of people's minds, uh, trying to understand one another. And then this happens naturally. And on top of that, uh, social media has never been as prevalent as it is right now. And we're seeing these clips from Ukraine and we're seeing war in real time. And I just don't know if the world's ready for that. I sometimes feel like uh, I, I I'd make the argument we're not mature enough for that. 
I think it's have you been on the Twitter again, Mr. Nimin? No, why did someone already say that? Like, I'm saying, I did someone already no, say that? It's just there's been plenty of memes about the war, and you oh, know, it's, no. oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What I was afraid of that's I, yeah, <clears throat> that was the annoying thing. I, I was gonna, I, 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 I'm not gonna get into it, or I don't want to get into it because I don't want to get myself in trouble. But what I will say is, if you are a regular person, average Joe, you're a politician, think. Before you tweet, think before you post on Instagram, just a little thought, just a little bit. I'm, I'm not asking for you to fully think your post through. I'm just asking for a little thought because sometimes I feel we don't have that common sense, common sense. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter who's in office. I, it really doesn't leave it alone. It's disingenuous. You look like an idiot. On on this side of the pond, you mean? Obviously, no one likes Putin. But I no, think on this, yes, on in North America yes. specifically, yes. I do because yes. I don't consume European content. I'm, like it's just mm-hmm. a little harder to do. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the sentiment there is. But here, politicians, please stop. You look I, stupid. And you do. You that's do. It. And you just that's seem, all you I seem insensitive too. You yeah. just seem. That's the worst part is there was this video I saw and it was like a missile being launched and it was like almost in someone's backyard and you're like a baby crying. And you're like, I it just, it was when, when I think like the news around, it was in the middle of the night here. And I think it was a few hours before sunrise in Ukraine. Yeah. And it was, you went to bed with that sort of sinking feeling. And then, you know, when I wake up, I start seeing it's the F1 reaction. And you, know, you see Sebastian Vettel saying, you know, I'm not going to go and participate in the Russian Grand Prix. And it looks like that's up in the air. And Haas takes their sponsorship off. And you know what? Um, just a bit of news or the transition to the sports world of it. Of course, we understand that uh, sports don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but this is a sports podcast. And again, that's what we open the show by saying on the human side of it. Uh, nothing but, you know, uh, best wishes. No one wants war. It's a waste of human life, in my opinion, any sort of war. I get why they've happened in the past, but, you know, it's um, this what's happening in Ukraine. No reason it, it, it should be happening. None at all. Um, but looking at, it, of course, yeah, there's Haas F1 team have removed their livery. Nikita Mazepin, because of the company his father runs in that, there's questions with his future. Um, looking at the KHL, Dinamo Riga announced that they're going to be withdrawing from the KHL. That's ex- in a session say extreme, but it is, it shows the sort of level that there is. Um, this was reported last night on 32 thoughts that the IIHF are yet to sort of decide where they're doing both in the short term and long term. Actually, I think it's the men's world and the world juniors are in Russia uh, coming up, but Freeman sort of said, keep an eye out essentially to see what's going to be happening there. Um, because it feels like what is it? UEFA have pulled events, tennis have pulled events. Uh, I think Canadian skiers and that it, it seems to be. I don't know how the double IHF haven't already made a decision here. It seems kind of how should I put it almost in character with them. If I'm being too harsh, let me know. But no, the late factor not. that's always there with them. I saw Dreger had a tweet this morning. Um, if I can just pull it up. Uh, 
Okay, this is Dreger uh, this afternoon. This afternoon, indications are the double IHF will make significant decision decisions at its council meeting tomorrow that will likely impact Russian participation in international hockey events, beginning with the men's worlds in Finland. Well, you make a decision. That's fine. I just don't know how you weren't. There was not some sort of emergency meeting. You know what I mean? It, it, there should be you're waiting for everything else, everything else around you to happen. Almost it's kind of like how late the NHL. Remember when after you know in the fall of the George Floyd stuff, how they were like the sort of the last league to respond. They didn't postpone games the the night the NBA did, mm-hmm. and on the broadcast was it Kelly Rudy? I think said we shouldn't. It was him or Freeman saying we shouldn't be here. That's the what I'm getting from the double IHF right now. It's. I don't think there would be an excuse as to not delay anything or sort of move it to a new city, but it, it just, um, we saw how late they were at the Andre Neshkin stuff. I just, I don't think you can afford to be much later than this. Like call the meeting right away, guys. And you just give your heads a shake, read the room. And now Freeman also pointed out that hockey Canada have a big sort of pull here. And Bob Nicholson will be sort of at the front of that. Um, but it's, it's, um, there's no easy way to turn the corner on something like this. It's just, uh, it is the grim reality of the world right now. And again, sports doesn't matter, but it's something we're going to talk about because we'd probably be doing you uh, an injustice if uh, if we weren't sort of talking about it. So uh, it is a rough turn, but hopefully this is a bit of a fun segment. Um, I don't know if Alex really is excited to talk about the leaves here. Um Yesterday, just for some context, you know, I'm watching the Habs game, obviously, and I at one point saw it was 6-1 Toronto. I'm like, well, that's fun. That's fun. You love to see that. And then I see Twitter's just going up. So, you know, we kind of started the show being like, ah, the Minnesota game was a complete 180 from everything. Uh, Which it was. Which it was. It was. Very effective against a good team, but a team that has no centers that could take face-offs. According to Michael Russo. Oh, I trust him. I trust his opinion on the Minnesota yes. Wild. Funny enough. Funny enough. I, it doesn't matter what month it is. I, I trust Justin Russo, the beat reporter. But anyway. Michael Russo. Michael, yeah, I said Justin again, didn't I? <laughs> yes. The Was Jake Allen lookalike. Place, man? Jake um, Allen lookalike. They do. No, they do. They do. Yeah. They do, actually. Um, Alex, do you want to tell us what happened in that game between Detroit and Toronto? Uh, sure. The, well, uh, the first, like, there's nothing to talk about in the first two periods other than like Toronto played their game. That was it. The first two periods, Mitch Marner had a hat trick. That was his first NHL hat trick. Um, and then it all fell apart in the third. I'm not entirely sure what happened. I watched the, watched the, watched it again. And, uh, it, it felt like, uh, I just don't know what to say. Like, it's frustrating. I think I said this last episode before the Minnesota game where I said it's it's frustrating because it just felt like a collapse. And and I think, you know, we can have the debate whether it's goaltending, whether it's their defense. Crazy idea. This might be radical even. It's both. Last night's loss might have actually been both. So, fair enough. The final score you haven't seen was 10 to 7. Uh, I don't know if I have ever seen that score in, like, the time I've watched hockey. That wasn't a video game, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Mitch Marner had a 6.9. He had four and it doesn't goals. matter. You know, I was actually planning on being like, okay, so let's talk about the Matthews heart race thing. Not if he's the best player in the world. No, we're not doing that. And I was going to be like, race. are we going to talk about how he's leading the, what did I say? Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm. Okay, yeah, sorry. So I'm just um, and even like, even the rocket race, how he's taken that over. But it's just sort of, there's this air. Like, that's a game that if you went to it, is just sort of like, okay, that was great. It's also funny to see a game that no matter who wins, they're both going to the locker room and probably getting eviscerated by their coach. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Detroit on the side of it, but it's, it's, I only got to tune in with about 12 minutes left in the, in the third period. I saw it was, I don't remember who scored the goal. It may have been Rasmussen's hat trick goal when it just sloppily went through Mirazik's leg. I think it was on a breakaway or something. Um, yeah. I, I think it even natural statric had a thing of it was statistically one of the worst performances ever to do with goaltending. Like 100%. all full four yeah. goalies play it. And I think I want to say that um, who was the other goalie in Detroit? It's not in the right. Uh Yeah. Thomas Grice, his save percentage was seven fourteen. So fun fact about that. Nedeljkovic got pulled in the third and the first. He was back in net by the third period. How often do you see a guy get pulled and put back into it? Eh? I've seen I, I it think a while they, ago. Yeah. yeah. Like I think this is the second time I've seen it. Yeah. The only time I can think of beside that, and it was, uh, was it Jeff Ward in Calgary in the playoffs against Dallas? Cause he was going to put whoever back in net and it just still fell apart oh. for Calgary. I remember we criticized that on the show. Cause it's like, what do you, this isn't. And it was like, apparently a junior movie you used to pull well, we're in the NHL, bud. Yeah. No, that was last night was what a game. There's like there's so there's a few good things to talk about, but it just gets overshadowed by the fact that they I like I can't even say they crumbled because I actually thought they played quite a good game. Like I really did. And then they just had these stupid goal goaltending errors and then these stupid defensive errors that cost them every single time. That's the frustrating part because I was ready to talk about Minnesota's game and say, wow, you know what? That might've been a boring game, but they played a damn good game. They played a damn good game. And then they come on Saturday in Detroit, Jack Campbell back in net. And we'll talk about Jack Campbell because I think there was some criticism for pulling him while they're winning. I disagree. Um, You got like, it's just frustrating. That's it. Like, I still think they're a good team. It Again, it, it, none of these regular season games changed my stance on the Toronto Maple Leafs until game one of the playoffs. My stance on the Toronto Maple Leafs will always be the same. You know, it's felt, just frustrating. You know what it felt to me yesterday when I was watching the game is, yes, they're the 10 goals where the Leafs, the offense was clicking. They were able to kind of take advantage of this rebuilding inexperienced Detroit team. But the way I kind of saw it was imagine a ship like a on a dock where before it's going to go off and someone says, Hey, you might want to take off the anchor from the Harbor, you know, make some adjustments here and there, but they kept going with everything still attached and just everything just dragged along with them while they're still putting up the 10 goals for me. Like that's what it kind of felt like when I saw that third period and I agree with Alex that we've mentioned it before. We've saw the few games 
after the all-star break games before the all-star break that I am a little concerned about Jack Campbell. And I know that it's not just on him on the back end, but in terms of just fixating on goaltending, I am concerned. And in terms of the defense where it's not necessarily patchwork right now, but all of the changes they're trying to do, I just feel like they can't deal with the consistency. There's a consistency issue here. And right now, I don't know. This game was, if it was any other team, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd feel a different way, but it just, it's just weird to me because like, Detroit's a young team, so like the onus is on them. Yeah, they let in ten goals. It's still pretty bad, but for yeah, Toronto to let in seven, yeah, it's just you're supposed to be a contending team here. Yeah, listen, everyone has bad games. You know, Colorado were down three nothing versus Winnipeg, and then scored six straight. Uh, I'm trying to think of the past ten goal games we've seen recently, and the guys on the other score. I think maybe it's going to be one or two. You get back. Think of. Uh, I, 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 I keep thinking of, because Montreal have been involved in three of them. Um, they were on the losing side of one against Columbus, but those are like, there was a 10-0 game, 10-1, and then like 11-2 against Detroit. So they've also been victims of a few of these too. You don't, there's just this thing of an extra bit of hilarity when you get past, we talked about it the other day with the empty net goal with St. Louis, the number six. Seven is just my goodness. And then when you start getting to the eight categories, you're like, it feels like the eighties. Let's talk about Jack Campbell, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because first, again, there is this this sort of notion that the pause sort of, you know, the COVID pause sort of messed him up. And you in Calgary, we saw that Jacob Markstrom had a few rough games and they bounced back. Now the issue with that is it's nearly March now. Right. And then there is the word of the stomach bug. I, I, Okay, that, but that's that, a recent thing. That doesn't account for the stretch of about okay, when when did they come back from the COVID pause? Uh mid-January about a while ago. Yeah. A while ago. And then there's he came back. Okay, let's give him three weeks. We're talking about a about a stretch of a month where he hasn't looked great. Which Pedro's can't just fall off for a month and you're like, ah, he's all right. No, there's no, there's no excuse, I think, for that stretch. Um, Again, like this delusion that he was a nine, what what was it, whatever he started? It was like 947. Whatever he started the season with is, it was uh, like, he's not that. He's not. I I thought I was like, I'm, I wasn't on the, this guy's an elite goaltender. I think I said it on the show like a, a month ago or so where we had that discussion. Do I have concerns? Absolutely. He's played more games this year than he's ever played in any other season. The argument because obviously the big thing, this is his first full season as a starter. Right. Um, yes. But then, then the issue becomes, and this is a, a criticism is, is the play of Peter Morazzo. Oh my God. I'm, and, I, and you look back at, you know, he didn't play a lot of games last year. He had, I think he played, well, like, two regular season games before he got hurt. Um, and, but then there's the reality of, all right, so do they need to get another goaltender? Because if both at the moment almost seem like nom options. These are the time of the season we're at now, March, going into the deadline and that. If you're not sure about your goaltending and what's the matchup right now, it's Tampa and Vasilevsky. Uh, I, I don't know about that. 
there's worry there that you have a real ch- we've been talking about you know the sort of the battle up front in defense is there any goalie you'd rather you know be more certain let me rephrase that is there any goalie you'd like to face less when you're unsure of your own position than tampa and vasilevsky no, no. didn't he win the cons Smythe last year yeah Yes, he I did. think so. Because Victor Hedman was in 2020, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, yeah. I didn't watch the presentation because I was too depressed. But we it, watched it uh, for you. It's okay. Yeah, I'm never, I'm never going to watch it. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? It's just you got to, there needs to be a question and goal. I cannot praise Peter Morassic anymore because every time I do on the podcast, the next game is an absolute tire fire. I like to say sorry that I remember when he was signed, I called him the key insurance policy. In case Jack Campbell stumbles, I remember saying so, that. So this is Daniel's fault. Every, I'm sorry. The, any Leaf fan listening to the podcast, um, it's Daniel's fault. It's, and like he got the games is. in. Um, you know, Jack Campbell's ready to be a starter, but not play as much as we thought. But again, like I just did not foresee this drop off. I know we were talking about how he was in the regular season. Of of course, he was expected to cool off a bit, but I didn't expect him to things to freeze over like this. If this makes sense, drop to like a stretch of under nine hundred. No, I didn't. I didn't think that either. But I, 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 did you listen? Even if yeah, again, no goalie is like nine forty, except maybe Shosturkin right now. My goodness, uh, we got a part time to talk about that eventually. Uh, but it's just again, and he's older too, so maybe that's sort of. I'm not saying he's aging, but he's what like twenty twenty nine. I think yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask about Nick. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Where is it? No, no. I was just going to say last night, obviously, there was a lot of maybe there wasn't as much criticism uh, about it, but about pulling Jack Campbell while he was winning. Yeah. Yeah. I listen, the goals that he let in. Not good. Not good enough. Pull him. I, I wasn't a fan of the Sid Sixero tweet though, where the in the idea that because you pull him when you when he's winning, that you can't rein him back in. Or I don't I don't know what you're what he was trying to get at, but I, I just think he's completely off base with that one. When your goaltender lets in goals like that, you cannot keep him in there. I don't care if your backup's Petr Mrazek or Garrett Sparks. It can't be done. I think with, with Campbell, I think it's been very evident. He is a guy who, when his confidence is gone, it's very hard to stick with him. And I think that, and if Sheldon Keith have had, you know, never took that sort of timeout, you know, to worry about, I think it was like close to a one, I think it was one goal game. Maybe it was after the Rasmussen goal. Uh, if Campbell stated, and I know he was he was obviously pulled before that happened, but um, I think Detroit could honestly have come back and actually done it because Campbell was just you had to do it, you had to do it. There was just sort of in that situation, and it was just it's it's hilarious that you could almost feel it coming. Like I don't think there was anyone who doubted Detroit were going to at least tie it. They never did, but that was the sort of air of it. I thought it was the right move, and I thought it was. I was shocked when I saw Keith take that time off because I thought maybe he had done it already. But it's actually pretty smart because when you pull a goalie, you can sort of cheekily take that as a timeout, which is a, a silo move there that, that, that coaches sometimes like doing. Um, I was going to ask how Nick Robertson played, but I... Couldn't tell I, you. I, I don't yeah. think, 
don't think it matters at all. I was shocked he was on the fourth line. I saw them like, yeah, what? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Like, I know why he was in the lineup. I think the idea yeah. was like the stomach bugs going around. You might as well give a guy like he's been from what I've read. I, I don't have the time, unfortunately, to watch every single Marley's game. Um, but from what I've read from credible people, he seemed to be doing well in the HL and you might as well yeah. give the kid a shot. But again, that line, like the only lines that were visible to me last night was the first line and the third line. That's fair. That's usually it. Fair. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I usually see. Yeah. yeah. Andre the second Kasha line saved the game. The, the second line has been invisible. Uh, yeah. Taver- I saw people joking that Tavares didn't have a point last night. I was like, hmm. Mm. Again, uh, uh, I'd like Ottawa fans to tone it down a bit about John Tavares. Um, yeah, just say back to them, it would be nice if a star stayed with you. Oh, wait. Mm. It'd be nice like, if you oh, played in fun. the city that you say you play in. All right, but, Ottawa. We know it's not all of you. It's just, I mean, go to the U.S. Play. It's okay. Like, please. Where it's okay. I'm okay no, no, with no, it. No, if you no, are. no, no, they, I mean, hey, Eugene wanted to go to the U.S. They're more than welcome. They're more than welcome to. You know, shout out to Gary Bettman in the midst of it being like, yeah, you know, the owner you all hate. Yeah, he wanted to go to the states because it was surprise. Just make, make just that ah, that all star press conference is legendarily bad for Gary Bettman. <laughs> it was like legendarily bad. Okay, right, let's talk about some cap stuff to do with the Leafs. First off, I thought a very interesting snippet that came out of 32 Thoughts yesterday was Freeman saying that the Leafs, if Jake Muzzin is healthy and he comes back, they're not going to hold him back, which I thought was was very surprising to hear. So maybe they're going into the deadline with the mindset that instead of having the close to $7 million in cap space, don't ask how it works. Just don't. Please don't. (laughs) We can't explain it. The cap's dumb. Um, that they're going to be looking awards around three million instead. Again, don't know how it works. The cap is dumb. <laughs> okay, we know obviously that the Leafs do not want to give up Topi Nimala, Matthew Knives. Um, there's a third guy for Robertson, probably not for a rental. Um, and there is a th- there was another player that Friedman mentioned. I know he was on. I think he was on the Olympic team. Um, I I, yeah, and he was in that conversation. The Harvard. Which I laughed and I'm like, uh, okay, so you don't want to give up. Four prospects. Okay, then what the what are you getting rid of them anyway? Well, I'm, just, I I'm not trading. I agree. I'm not trading them for rentals. I, I'm not going through. I am. I promise you, I'm not going through Nick Felino again. I'm not. This is why I'm so adamant on not trading for Ben Schroff for a first round pick. I'm not oh, going I'm, through it again. <laughs> I'm oh, not. <laughs> I'm not going through it again. I've had Alex, about enough. You know gave is? up two first round picks for Brian Boyle and Thomas Buchanan to play on the fourth line. I'm not going through it again. Seconds. Second. Two seconds. Seconds. That's what I said. Two seconds. You said first. Did I? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Two I wish. seconds. I wish. Yeah. Two I wish. seconds. One. Wait, who was, who was it? Like, Jesse Lawnen, right? No. No, I think it was, no, was... Jacob Olavson. Who okay, there you go. Is okay. close to probably not being a guy. And then okay. Valley Evan Reichel just sort of disappeared into the abyss. The second, oh yeah, the second pick, the second round pick was oh yeah, it was Alexander Volkov, I think, for Brian Boyle. That's ooh, yeah, and I'm he's sure. been whatever. He's yeah. bounced around. He's bounced around. Was it? Where is he now? Like Anaheim Volkov? Yeah, he had an argument with them, and they bought him out. Oh, 
okay. something he didn't want to report to like San Diego, I think. Um, don't quote me on this, but there was something about it where him not making the team, and then they mutually like agreed to terminate his contract. Okay, so going back to Toronto there, but that's weird. That guy, um, it's a quiet sort of what happened there. So if we're looking at sort of options, then who are the Leafs going to look at here? Who is the guy? Who are they going to get? We've talked about, you know, obviously JT Miller probably doesn't really fit. Um, people have said John Klingberg, maybe if you get 50% retained, maybe. Um, where do you guys see, who do you see as, an, as a plausible, realistic target for them to get? And oh, it sounds like they're obviously not done on the back end. Again, well, again, I'm, I'm all for going to fix that back end. Uh, that that's my main thing. You need another guy who can play top four minutes. Um, realistic, Daniel. Do you have any ideas? Because mine aren't necessarily very realistic. Um, yeah, for me, um, I, I don't know. Like, I I would look at the top nine in a way that I would take a. I don't know. I would just take a chance on somebody to try to fill something. So um, I don't know why it came up to me, but it's just something that someone that I, I think is an unfinished product yet. And he's just not having it right now in Columbus. And it's Jack Roslevic where he's someone that uh, could go somewhere, you know, because like, you know, he's controlled. I don't think that they want to resign. Like they want to give him um, extended term. He's someone that, Maybe you could like remold him, like not like an Alex Galchenia type of guy. I just thought of that because I, when I talked to you, Alex, about like, you know, when you mentioned Nick Felino, like I don't want to get another rental or veteran. I just want them that there is a bit of control there. Um, the only issue I have with him when I wrote it down here was that his qualifying offer is 2.21 million after this year. And I don't know, like I've been looking through what Columbus is going to do because I don't know if they're going to, keep going with this or they're gonna bring it down um you know the popular thing i saw was max domi being in the top nine that would be a fun thing to do i don't think it'd cost too should much Can I, I go through tsn's trade bait board quickly and we can just yes. sort of give some i'm names? on um daily face off trade board. <laughs> oh you suck frank cerevelli's baby um okay so first name chickering yes uh that's my name you say, that's your name you want to you go Chikorin? i say you go all in but you they okay. Base, you say you go circle. all in for him. Mm-hmm. So that's saying goodbye to one of knives. Mm-hmm. Or okay, good, good. That's three good. years, right? So that's yeah. not uh, a, yeah, that's not years. a rental. I just so, yeah. yeah okay, good, good, good. Um, here's what I love about Ben Schrott. They have no. him listed as a right D because he's been playing the right side. Oh, TSN, I love you. Uh, ta- Claude Giroux. Um, I, yeah, like I just I I think it's. It doesn't to me. It doesn't make sense to trade assets like even like minuscule, like not first round picks and whatever. While you can trade those same assets to go help you on the back end, I just think where are you gonna? Okay, yes, the second line right now isn't rolling, but you're telling me at some point, like in the playoffs last year, your two best performers were two guys who are currently on the second line. <laughs> With respect, though, on the counter side, you also get one of the best players of this era in Claude Giroux. Wait, 100%. I mean, you know, to be fair, 
It's, Yo, no, it's I, true, right? I, 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 I'm not arguing that I'm a hundred percent agree, but I'd rather spend the assets where you absolutely need it. Someone's going to trade for uh-huh. Claude Giroux. It's not like if the Leafs don't trade for Claude Giroux, he's not going anywhere. Like, uh-huh. I just think, why don't you allocate your resources better? Hurdle's probably not realistic then. Um, no. Klingberg, people were mentioning that a lot. He only makes 4.25 this year. Huh? Yeah. He's, he's a rental, but yeah. I don't think his value is too high. No. Giordano? That that, that would be interesting. I was going to group him with another name because, you know, you love the defensive guys that block shots. Calvin DeHaan. Okay, Adam Wild. They've been on that for a very long time, haven't they? I just get it. I'm I'm sick of rumors. Do something. Uh, Colin Miller? Right-handed deep? I don't think that'd be a terrible option. No. Um, no, it would not be a terrible option at all. Um, yeah, okay, let's mention the forward side of it. Okay. Domi hasn't been bad this year. And no. you want that type of player in the playoffs, right? Face punchy boy. Sure. Again, I guess I guess it depends on the price, but like I still see the assets. I was gonna group I, him I don't with see uh, the problems with the forwards, but that's fine, yeah. I was gonna group him with Jake the Brusque in that category, like you know, one of those guys. It sounds like Brandon. I wouldn't be surprised if they get Brandon Hagel because that's what is it, 1.5, and he's got another year after that. It just feels like a dubious move. I like how Toronto's first rounder is 17th up here. What about Colorado? They're making more sense to go. They don't have a first Ari- rounder. Arizona cast face Col- is 25. I love Col- that. Colorado doesn't have their first rounder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Darcy Kemper trade. Oh, that's neat. Ne- neither, neither does Florida. Place. Yeah, Sam Reinhardt. Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Eh? Owen Tippett's up there. Yeah, there's Calvin DeHaan. Mike Hoffman, please, please. Um, interesting. Okay, well, we never brought up so, Ricard Raquel again. No, I don't. Three point eight eight million. Yeah, but it's basically okay. So here's the, the reason I bring up Claude Giroux and Max Domi is it's like okay, Claude Giroux is Claude Giroux. Max Domi, the Habs, or the former Hab guy, you know, he loves the big spotlight. His respect dad. to Ricard Le- yeah, respect to <laughs> Ricard Raquel, and I think he's better than some people give him credit for. I, I, I think that's a legitimately good player. Um, it's just like, but it's Ricard Raquel, with respect, like Ricard Raquel. I just, I don't former really All Star Ricard Raquel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like it's Ricard Raquel. He's a good player, but it's like he doesn't have the sexiness as a forward to bring up as the other guys. And he's thinking, so I, I don't really think we got a consensus. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of brought up names. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, my consent. Mine is Jacob Chickering. That was my name. Going on. Yeah, that's okay, not so a consensus though. Alex, what's the package? Uh, what what what's so it? What was Arizona a asking first, for? A first, a prospect. And a former uh, for and and a young player, yeah. So I, they were is? like it was mm-hmm. like four assets or something. Okay. So, so Lilligren, Neves, and a first. I do that. Do that. No, in a second. I, I would do that too. Yeah, I didn't even I think that. that. I I just I didn't. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like uh, a little more expensive than that. But yeah, if that's the package, absolutely. Like a, no, I just the if, third. If, added, if it's. Yeah, I think I think one of Hall or Dermot would have to be included. Like I think for the money, I think Dermot is probably the one they'd want more than Hall. Please just trade Dermot and get. I'm. uh, I just talked about this. I'm so sick of it. Trade him. 
Please. It's funny. If we did that trade in NHL uh 22 they'd say like oh you know you're we'd like that you're you're sending us more than uh one of our needs if you yeah. see defenseman <laughs> I, I wonder if paul would rather if they would so uh, dermot is dermot in the hard play this year no he has another year at one and a half oh okay i was gonna say because i know hall has the extra year i think but obviously because dermot's cheaper they probably want him i'm just they need players to... with term yeah they both expire at the end of next year dermot's an, an rfa with arbrights and Hall's a UFA. Okay, yes, you're right. They definitely would want Dermot then. Okay, we'll go to some other stuff around the league. And I think we should probably start with... Um, if this guy played in Canada, this would be the biggest story right now. First off, again, if he played in Canada too, he'd probably be a superstar. Because uh, when this Philip Forsberg news came out, the whole thing was people weren't shocked. It was more like, what do you mean he's a superstar? Well, it was very odd that that was the big hangup, but not people being surprised that there were Philip Forsberg trade rumors. Anyway, uh, as we know, Philip Forsberg is a penny UFA this summer. Uh, Andy Strickland tweeted a few days ago that the Predators are actively shopping him. Friedman sort of gave a bit more clarity on the, the topic, saying uh, in 32 Thoughts, the blog, that he believes that there is a will on both sides to get a deal done, but points out that Nashville know the number has to be higher than Duchesne and Johansson's $8 million. And Forsberg knows to stay with Nashville, he'll have to come in under Roman Yossi's um, $9.059 million. Uh, if the, de- the deadline does eventually come around, the deal's not done, then a trade can become more realistic. So first off, what do you guys make of the situation, and how do you actually seeing it go down? Um. I'm a little surprised. You know, there was all these talks last year, right? Where we were unsure of what they were going to do with Ekholm, with Ellis, with Forsberg. They obviously traded Ellis. Um, but they're they're in a much better spot this year than I think they were last year. I, I think would be fair to say. So for them to now decide that they don't want to, that they're actively shopping him, it just comes as a surprise. Like, I just, I don't see why he's a very good player. Why would you trade him? I think it's maybe then Strickland's a bit off. And then that's maybe why Friedman, because I was, I think Friedman started with Bill Forsberg after doing a thing on the Ukraine. Cause you know, he does that free bit before getting into the thoughts. Yeah. I wonder if Strickland's just a bit sort of ippity there. And then sort of, I wonder if Elliot sort of honed in a bit on it. Daniel, you think you're going to say something? Sorry. Yeah. I think, I definitely agree that Nashville is in a better place now with how they were last year when we really thought that, you know, we saw Victor Arvinson get traded. We saw Ryan Ellis get traded and we thought that it was going to be a full blown, I guess, fire sale there. And I think that they've kind of shown this season that it was a bit of a trial run to see what they can do with the current core with things now. But I just think like in terms of what the age is there, how much term he wants to get there. If they really feel that, they could run with this. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying anything is for sure, but it'd be good to really look at the market for a Philip Forsberg. If you really know that this guy's not going to commit long-term, if you feel that what you're going to pay him is not going to be conducive with what he's going to be on a consistent basis. So for me, like I think he's a great player, but I'm just unsure how the market's going to be and how they're going to pay him in terms of, like if he's going to really be that guy. 
What's interesting is even if it's not last year and now he's he doesn't have the extra year and it's just he's a straight U of A, I'd argue somehow that his his, his value is kind of even higher because his goal per game is unreal. Mm. The guy is killing it. He's always been a really, really good player. It's just he's in such a quiet market. I love Philip Forsberg. The guy is he's one of those players that Dmitry Filipovich is like really good at posting his highlights of him. He's like that with like Mark. So a lot of the American players, Filipovich puts a lot of spotlight on, and he always jokes and changes his username to Dimitri, uh, for, like Filipovich Forsberg, when uh, when Forsberg's like on a heater. So, ah, uh, you know, if if there's will on both sides, then you can see it getting done. It's just you wonder if eventually, if if, and I think what was it, Emily Kaplan said that. Forsberg was a little caught off by this because yeah. the, the contract talks are very preliminary. By the way, if you're only preliminary less than a month from the deadline, maybe pick it up a bit. But if Forsberg starts thinking, okay, if they're trading me and he starts thinking about greener pastures, then you worry about what the relationship is, right? Because even when you hear if it's preliminary, we heard that there were negotiations with Tory Krug in that, but then we found out months later that they never even offered him a deal. Right. Or they went quiet for like three months. So we got to – I'm a bit shaky on where this really is. I don't really know if we have all the the true feelings of Forsberg in that. Even if there is will there, everything can change once reports start coming out. We know this is a stressful time for players, yeah. the deadline. Um, and you just wonder if nerves just get that much more intense. It, it just feels weird to me that now all of a sudden we're worried about term, where they handed out eight-year contracts – uh, or they handed out max term contracts to Duchesne, to Johansson, to Yossi. And now all of a sudden, they, like probably of the of those bunch. Okay, yes, Yossi's probably number one. But uh, Forsberg's absolutely number two of those four players I listed. He's absolutely number two in my eyes. Like, I think I'd argue he's better than Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. I don't oh, know. definitely. Yeah. Like. So to now all of a sudden play this game, it just feels weird to me. I think it's just two things I'd like to point out. Well, number one, congrats, Adam. I love that you used preliminary so many times when you were speaking. I'm really proud of you. Um, I love it. You mastered it. Second, yeah, I agree that I think Philip Forsberg is a top guy there. It just so happens now that I think with Nashville, they did become very trigger happy with a lot of extensions that now they're looking into these guys that we're going to just really have this core going into the thirties and we're going to expect a decline. And I know that they're a small market. They have to stay competitive, but you know, whether it's David Poyle, whether it's the next guy, whether it's the next management, I don't know how you're going to be able to build on that when you have so many of these blocks that again, I'm going to use the early 2000 and like six Leafs as an example where, how long did it take before they really cleaned up all of that? You know what I, I wonder? Because it, it's it's all David Poyo's work, right? Like, I was he their first GM or second? I think he's, he's been the only GM. So everything to do with Nashville is him. Every single thing. So if you look at it, right, the biggest contract was obviously Weber. We knew that wasn't going to – he wasn't going to finish on that contract. But did we expect him to go out as soon as he did? No. Um, and people were unsure. I wasn't a fan back then, but apparently people were pretty unsure if they were the matched it. And there was a thing of Weber's camp saying, could you, could you not? And then they did. 
Um, but how silly is it that they tried that anyway? Anyway, Philly, yeah, um, Paul Holmgren at, at the time when it came to money, because it was like all oh, sold like during the year, Briskaloff signing. We're, we're gonna get also, to Philly. Yes, but yeah, we're gonna get to Philly. <laughs> um, but you know, you look at Weber's contract. You know, uh, Ryan Ellis. They traded him at the right time because it really you question his body, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Duchesne didn't work. He's been good, great this year. He's having such a good year this season. Um, Johansson isn't working out. Yossi's a bit different. You have to do Yossi. And you know, he's living up to it so far. Uh, we know Nashville have always been very hesitant to give out long deals, and they've been very careful with trade protection. Uh, luckily, like the, the Pecorino deal worked out timeline perfectly for him. He was still pretty good, even not amazing, not, you know, Vesna Pecorino, but by the time he was gone, you know, the stars aligned with how well, like, UC Soros was ready to play, right? But I wonder if they looked at all those in the grand scheme of things. And it sucks for Forsberg because I'm looking at it, even with shortened seasons, uh, I, he very rarely has played the full year. And I think he's been hurt this year. Um, we, we, we've seen it with Dallas. Klingberg's the guy who's not going to get the big deal when, you know, Faxa just got his big deal. Uh, I think Essa Lindell did. Uh, ben and Sagan. Uh, you know what I mean? Ben Bishop had that big deal. Uh, even right after the playoffs, Kadobin got his deal. And then maybe Dallas looked at it and Jim Nill went, okay, we got to be careful here. And even if Klingberg probably deserves to get that deal, in this case, Forsberg deserves to get that deal, he has to be the guy who gets squeezed. And it's so crappy for him if that's what ends up happening. But whoever picks him up, damn, they're going to get a good player. If indeed it doesn't work out in Nashville. And then all this is viewed if they sign an extension in the next week, which probably is going to happen. Yeah, that that happened with, uh, I believe it happened with Chris Kreider, did it not? Like yeah. for the entire month of February. I remember because yeah. I remember watching yeah. trade trade deadline and I think he signed on trade deadline day. Yeah, like the and hour it like, within it was about to stop. Yeah. It's like, oh, we were so close to a Chris Kreider trade, but we didn't get it. Um, so maybe that's what's gonna happen here. Like they try don't don't get the package they want and they resign them. And like I think they should keep them. Like considering I, I don't know how long they think this is going to keep going, but Forsberg's a guy I'd imagine you want to keep around. Good. He's really good. He's one of the best goal scorers in the league. He is. And, and the knock on is he needs to shoot more. You put him and think of it. Like who's been his number one center. You put that guy with any of the big centers here in the East. Jeez. Oh, he'd pop off. Like it was nothing. It'd be amazing. So I don't know if we've even seen the best of Philip Forsberg. Uh, so, okay, we can move on here. Why don't we quickly check on the Habs here? And then after we can go to Philly. Yeah. I want to find the, these two stats quickly because I could not believe this. So the Montreal Canadiens, uh, for the first time, without Carey Price since 2007, the Habs won five straight. And here's what else is funny. For the first time since the 16-17 season, they won five straight. Ducharme won eight games this year. St. Louis up to five. And Ducharme had half the season. What happened? It's just... What, he has the room. What, what are the answers? I mean, man, there's there's losing the room. And then there is like, my goodness, did you lose them in the first week? Well, they lost the season. Like, like, what? like 
Like, I, I continue to ask the question, how does Mark Bergevin have a job? Someone explain that to me. Well, I... Uh... There's a lot of friends. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know how to say that kindly. So I appreciate you saying that for me. That's, that, I don't know how he has a job. It's it's actually incredible. The the, uh, you know, I think Dangle made a point of episodes ago. I'm I'm a little behind on SDP, but a few episodes ago, where he talked about winning or sorry, losing with pride. Yes, you're losing, but you lose with pride, and they're winning right now. But okay, let's say they start losing again. In in theory. With Martin St. Louis as head coach, it feels like it's a no BS situation. There's no, oh, i sorry. Just, I tried. I couldn't get it done. It's you put 120% effort in every single night. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But you're losing with pride. You know what's really funny is I want to say they might have the longest winning streak in the league right now. If the Coyotes win their next the game in hand, Montreal are still in last by a point. So the tank is, and even when they have a game in hand, they're still four points behind Seattle. So as well as they're doing, yeah. their, their longest winning streak in like five years, and they're still at the bottom of the league. So, 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 okay, so they're, they're, that's so funny. That's <laughs> So there's two teams with five game winning streaks. One of them is Montreal. Could you tell me who the second team is? Florida? No. No. Uh, they 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 uh, I think like their last two or three games have been rough. Yeah. Um Um not going to be someone we're expecting, is it? Not Edmonton because they no. just lost. Tampa? No. Vancouver? No. Um, I see a four game winning streak. Arizona. I just no. looked at who it is. I, I, I wish I could swear. Go away, Alex. It's LA. Phil <laughs> 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 the nose just killing it. Like, hey, what's up, boys? What's up? Uh, we'll talk. We're going to talk about LA a little later, actually, because they're, they're up in a lot of business. I just wanted to quickly say a few yeah, was, notes on the Habs I thought yeah. we could mention. Uh, Alex, not Alex, Andrew Hammond, mm-hmm. undefeated. Two for two. He had his return to Ottawa. Um, you know what's really funny? He still has his Iowa Wild pads in that, but he has a Habs painted mask already. He did for his first game, had the Hamburglar on it. I love how quickly he got that done, but he doesn't have the pads yet. They're coming. They're coming. A lot of goalies do that. I uh, I like seeing that, but sometimes it's just it's a bit jarring. I remember um Tim Thomas, he saw his Florida pads on when he was playing for the Dallas Stars like that. Was a bit of a, a lot of colors hey, going hey, on. Hey, if I'm Andrew Hammond, I keep it because I'm not losing. Uh, exactly. His return to Ottawa was last night, and yeah. there were burgers thrown on the ice. <laughs> so remember the good times. That's hilarious. Yeah, man. yeah. I just thought That's that was awesome. a real neat thing it? to say. Did he? Eat um, the... No, well, Curtis Lazar wasn't there, right? Uh... No, they weren't even in wrappers. They were just, they were just oh, like the just bear hamburgers. burgers. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I I would hope they're McDonald's ones because I'm I I don't know if the Sens even sell hot hamburgers. I don't know why that I think might they're be, poor. That, that but might I'm be not paying expensive. I'm not paying arena prices. I'm sneaking in like a like a double double or not a double double. That's a that's a McDouble. coffee. That's a coffee a yeah, like a McDouble or a junior chicken. That's all I'm Those are getting pricey in. though. Those are over two dollars now. Wow. That what? Yeah. 
Yeah, like McDonald's is losing money right now. How could bastards? That's awful. Okay, other stuff from Montreal I just wanted to quickly mention. Yeah. Uh, first off, there was an update regarding Carrie Price's health. There is no update. He is continuing to train off the ice. That's it. There's progress. He's I mean, always exactly. on the ice, so that's that good. It. Yeah. I, I guess How's at it? least they're transparent, I guess, is the... Well, apparently the media asked, right? And the way Chantal Maccabee said it on Twitter was, the media asked me, but we pushed the announcement back because uh, the medical staff were busy. Um, I don't know what the, when that lined up with, you know, uh, what happened with, with Anderson. Like, he was okay. Paul Byron's out again. Um, poor God, poor Ben Sherratt accidentally, like, went into his head when he got, like, uh, he got, like, hit, too. And one of the games, I can't remember who it was against, but... Um, but it was, and so it was like, okay, we're going to make the announcement on Friday. And somehow people were saying Price was going to talk. I don't know who thought that. And then like the day of some media members were like, people are under the pressure Carrie was going to talk. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Hey, I'm not going to say who it was, but there was another media member who said, Carrie Price, uh, you know, this is kind of worrying in that when I would hope that, that, that Chantal McEnbay, former reporter, probably told them, Give us a few days, guys. We're kind of busy because half the team is still hurt. Right. So I just want everyone to just, you know. Calm down. Calm the freak down. You, so I, 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 I don't want to, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to rag on, on Montreal, but you know how we, be, like we talked about on the podcast, we want teams to be more transparent and we'll get to another team who's doing something similar. I think we meant being transparent in more than your injuries and your hirings. I think we meant a little more transparent in other ways. What do you mean? Pardon? What do you mean? Well, like Chicago, when these things happen, you should, this should be public information. The point that Wayne Gretzky was trying to make is my child going to feel safe when he is drafted by that organization, having plans put out, like, I want to know the plans you're going to, like how you're going to deal with X situation or Y situation. It's great. Great. I want to hear about injuries and um, well, I don't want to hear about injuries. Injuries are bad, but I want a little more transparency from all organizations in more than just injuries and who you're hiring, I think is the point. I'm trying to make this isn't have nothing to do with Montreal. It's just, you brought it up. I thought um, might as well get that out. To their credit. Like apparently reporters had difficult times getting one-on-one interviews. And there was someone who said like, they got Gordon, they got Hughes. Like apparently it's been really easy to get hold of people. Mm -hmm. And like, we know like Edmondson skating, non-contact, like they've been, but congrats, Jonathan Drew as a kid now. Yeah. Yes, congratulations to him, to him and, his and his girlfriend. His Woo! girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was cool. But yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's been nice where we the veil is lifted a bit. But yeah, and you you mentioned hires. Oh yeah. Uh, but we're gonna talk about Chicago a little sure. later. By the way, um, there is a, a hire that was made in Montreal. Uh, this is from Eric Ingles. Hab make, Hab's making a big move in player development. Expect that at some point over the next week they'll announce they're hiring skills guru Adam Nicholas. Who is currently work? Sorry, blah, 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 Who currently works with the Leafs and has worked with several high-profile NHLers? Sources say this is a great get for Montreal. I believe him. I've never so heard do of I. Him, man. 
But uh, good. I mean, Toronto's got skill, so I'll take it. Also good that they snatched somebody from Toronto, which is always good to see. Sweet. Can we like Laura Ray Barb Underhill, please? That'd be nice. We have her? Uh, I don't think or she's she with. The, I don't think she's or with she in, the Leafs. Uh, or is she in Tampa now? I don't know if she's with Tampa or if she left to spend time with family. I'm gonna go double about, check because I, I remember listen, that being. Listen, I'm sure your family would love Montreal, Barb. I'm sure they would. They would love it here. It's a great city. Not here. I'm not there right now, even though the weather is apparently quite quite crap right now. But come on, come on now, come on. All right. And then one last note I want to mention on the Canadians, then we can move on to Philly. Uh, this from Pierre LeBron and insider trading. This is very interesting to me. The Habs are hoping to be a big player when free agency rolls around. They obviously want to get younger in some parts of the roster, but they want to bring in a star or two. Of course, there was sort of noting that Mark Bergevin tried. But I mean, if we look at the efforts he made with Jordan Harris, I really wonder how hard he did try. So great. You didn't get a meeting with John Tavares. Good job. <laughs> Um, and uh, apparently a big part of that will obviously Marty St. Louis will be a nice little recruitment tool. We know Vincent LeCavale is going to be a part of that. It's nice to, from as a fan, you know, I look at, obviously you guys know I've been a big thing of Stephen A. Smith lately, and he talked about how the New York Knicks don't have a star, right? And how they lost Kyrie and Katie to Brooklyn. And how big markets need stars. And I looked at New York and how Jeff Gordon brought in Otemi Panarin. I can at least appreciate, as long as it's a star and not a scrub, it will be interesting to see how they do it because there are a lot of barriers to bringing in star players to Montreal. But I'm interested to see what their plan is. And I wonder if the guy they're thinking of is Johnny Goodrow. That is who I was also yeah, thinking. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Or Hapis Lindholm, because I'm thinking like no. they do need to revamp their D. But I, but my, I was thinking like Goudreau. That was one that came right to my mind. Or, you know, next year there are some guys, but I don't think Hubert was leaving Florida. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so either. Unless I, I was... Crap the bed, but yeah. I, so I, my first thought was, um, to be honest, my first thought was Bergeron, but I think it seems like similar to the Rask uh, situation. If he doesn't sign in Boston, then he's kind of... He's retiring. Yeah. Um, but Johnny Goudreau was number two on that list, on my list. You believe in the rejuvenated Johnny Goudreau, Adam? Hmm. Think of it like this, right? Um, it's not so much do I believe in Goudreau. It's like, do I believe in Goudreau or under certain Marty St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah. I would def offense first with Johnny. You know, it's, it's funny he's having a really good year under that defense, sort of heavy game of Daryl um, Seller. I think it would be even better under Marty. So I just um, I would be a little hesitant because I've been critical of Johnny in the past, but I wonder if that's because of the stank on Calgary. But man, if you imagine like I don't know who their future second line center is, but if you've got like Caulfield, Suzuki, and uh, and Anderson, which is that first line, and then it's like Goudreau like Gallagher or, you know, some nice centerman, whoever it is. I ain't bad. And I, I, with Goudreau there, I can don't take it or freaking throw Goudreau on the top line with Suzuki. Who cares? I, I have a, I have another idea because you brought up centers and then in, we talked about this, this person uh, earlier on in the show on the trade board. What about Thomas Hurdle? 
I was thinking about that too. Yeah, I looked nice at that sign. and I was yeah. like, that'd be pretty neat. That'd be pretty neat. Used to high taxes right? of California. You something is 28, 28, 28, right? 28. Okay. 28. I think that can work. Suzuki and Hurdle. Then Anderson, Caulfield, Gallagher on the wings. I don't think that's too bad. Like, I, I, I think, think I, you know, I know we were sorry. I know we're talking about Montreal in terms of like this rebuild. Like, I think that's the discussion we were having after the Toffoli trade. But I think we also have to remember, and uh, you know, they have all these injuries, right? Like, I'm what I'm more interested to see is how what Gordon and Hughes do in the summer more than what they do at the trade deadline, because that gives them time to look at the team they actually have and say, okay, if all these guys come back healthy, remove Shea Weber, unfortunately, from that mix, like it, right? His career is like he's not coming back like that's okay so we kind of move he's the one who's not coming back they have a quite a decent team in my opinion they're clearly not this bad they're obviously not as bad as they are this year that's quite evident it's like the year when they got galchenyuk they they were clearly not third last in the league Right, like the year they got Cock and Emmy. Are they really? Was that team like? Let's see. No, that was a pretty bad team. Yeah, seventeen eighteen was pretty bad. We'll we'll take that. But listen, I'm not saying they're going to be juggernauts in the East or anything. But you know, they're gonna. I, there's going to be a lot of if they trade Jeff Petrie. And, you know, Sherrod goes. Uh, the defense is going to look really different next year. It's going to look very different. Um, you know, like beside Romanov, maybe Harris is out there. Maybe Caden Gooley gets a little bit of a look. Um, you can expect him to be fighting for a spot. He'll probably be in Laval for a bit. Probably won't hurt him. Uh, but here's what's really interesting about Jeff Petrie. Now, I don't know. The Flyers are so weird. Because we know they want to be good. And we know that they're like, Rasmus or Salinen is probably going to get traded. And we'll talk about him after this. So... They're going to be looking to replace him, obviously. And Elliot Friedman says that Jeff Petrie makes a lot of sense for Philly. And I want to say other reporters have said the same thing. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure David Pagnotta said the Flyers were interested. Sure. Uh, I know, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, this is like a typical Flyers move. No matter what the management team looks like, that they'll get these guys with term and they're, you know, a bit, bit there in terms of the age. Like, I think of Andrew McDonald or uh, Mark Streit when they all signed there. He, like, he's, like, he's better than Ristolainen. Like, Petrie's not great defensively, but he's still better than Ristolainen. But it's just like, why are you getting a guy with three more years at his age? Like, if, if other teams are like going more win now, I get it. That's me trying to defend my future the Toronto take right there, if you, if you couldn't tell. But it's like... What like are the, are the Flyers gonna be Frankenstein next year? That's what I'm starting to feel. I just I don't understand why. Like okay, so when they made all those moves in the off season, we're like, okay, you didn't really fix the problem you had. You added Ryan Ellis, who okay, we didn't know he was gonna be that injured, but you added Keith Yandel and Rasmus Ristolainen. And you didn't fix your defense. Allow me to say, I thought they would be second in division. So I'm eliminated from criticizing them too much here because I'm a fool. But no, yeah, but, no you make very like, good points. Though. Even, even, but like you, if you isolate their defense, you can say they didn't fix their defensive problems because you're, you no. didn't 
bring in anyone who can really play defense. And I'm not saying Jeff Petrie can't play defense, but he, uh, he's not what NHL 22 says. He's not a defensive defenseman. Is he still a defensive defenseman in that game or did I they think, change it? I think they may have made him a two way now. Okay. Is this they, rating in the game? They finally changed it. I oh. want to say he's uh, like an 84. Okay. Oh yeah. So they, yeah, but he's not a, a he's not a defensive defenseman. Like they need someone no. who can play defense. And like he kills he kills penalties. Believe it or not, but like, it's like a... what? No, but so, I would just finish up. But he he kills penalties. But like you still want him more moving the puck is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dan. right? Oh, I was just gonna make a joke. I'm like they could really use a Robert Haig or a Philip Myers right now. <laughs> Man, I know. Eh? <laughs> so you know what's interesting is Carter Hart's at a nine eleven save percentage. Not bad. Like a, a in a in a in a solid goaltending year, that's around league average. Like that's not bad. For what's in front of him? For what he happened like, last year, yeah, that's good. You up from an eight seventy seven. Like, you look at how mad the Flyers have been. His rookie season nine seventeen. Next year nine fourteen. Last year we don't talk about, it, and he's up to a nine eleven this year. Again, because of the love I have for Carey Price, Carter Hart has a special place in my heart. But, like, man, he is not the problem there. The Flyers are some, yeah. No. Going to Ristolainen, though, because, uh, listen, I just want to say that I, 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 tell me I'm wrong here because, well, you can't because I know I'm right. For us, this Ristolainen on and off the ice is the most consistent player in the NHL. Off the ice because, once again, for what feels like the 10th straight year, he is on the trade block. Um. Elliot Freeman said that, you know, he's probably getting traded. Uh, we know that he's, I think he's almost at eight, uh, like 590 games played. He's played zero playoff games. And I know there's a lot around him, but like, I, I want that guy to succeed. When you spend that much time in Buffalo, I'd like to see him get into the play. Every, I think every player in this league deserves that chance. Unless you're Vander Kane, you go leave. Um, but you know what I mean? I, I, uh, I, I don't even know who the hell would pick him up. And by the way, anyone who's curious, he has one year left at $5.4 million. One more year after this? Sorry, I should say that again. He's a penny UFA of the cap of $5.4 million. Where do you guys see him going? I just think that he's going to go to a contender, but they're going to really kick a loss on this. You know what I mean? Like he's going to, it's going to be like a Brandon Montour situation where he's going to probably be given up for a draft pick or something just for Philly to get something back because his value was already questionable in the off season and then Philly overpaid for him. And there's no way they're getting anything similar to that. Or even I'm going to say even 60% of that. That's being generous. 60%. He got traded for a first Robert Haig and a second. <laughs> the savers made out like bandits there. eh? Yeah. What? So let's say that, you know, know, let me check there. I want to check something. I don't know. The cap situations would be a little kind of messy because this team only has $100,000. You say it could be a team taking a loss or cap shenanigans take place. This team makes some space. They get a third team involved to take the space. And this guy, right-handed defenseman, sheltered behind a great left side, and he thrives and wins a cup at Tampa Bay. Oh my god. <laughs> Tell me it's not gonna happen. Suddenly he's back checking. <laughs> yes. And then he gets a, he has a great playoffs and then Philly signed him again for too much money. 
I say he's going to he's going to Tampa. I say he's going to Tampa. I was thinking uh, Carolina. Because just Carolina. Yeah. Just why not? If so many guys to like, you know, be responsible for his play. So exactly. like, why not? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, who ha- who did they stick Pesci? Because Slavin's taking care of D'Angelo, I think. Because like D'Angelo's so, already kind of like a risk aligning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Much I think a more high end version, but like a much worse person. What other contender or team to make the playoffs could really like need Rasmus Ristolainen? Uh, he's also a big. I think Freeman pointed out his style of play may help in the playoffs. He's a big body. I think he. I want to say Ristolainen's like a low key bastard. You know what I mean? Like real kind of stick in the craw type guy. Sure. If Bowen Byram is sort of out. You know, it's super long term. You need a guy with a bit more offensive zest and big size. Is a third pair of Eric Johnson and Marassin just aligned and not terrible for Colorado to try and pull off? No, I mean, imagine they no. add Giroux and Ristolainen. Come on, come on, come on. Speaking you know, that's not bad. Yeah, no, but no, it's go not bad. It. It, uh, no, no, you're right. It's not bad at all. It's, I mean, I don't want to see it. I don't it's very it. unlikely there, but it, it, it could happen. The cap is imaginary. It doesn't matter. Especially with Tampa. Bogosian's on LTIR. That helps. <laughs> it's like, like what, 700? <laughs> it makes like Listen, 950. <laughs> all I'm saying is, I don't understand why no one's picked up Shea Weber's contract yet. I was saying they picked up Brent Seabrooks. That's a. Maybe That's it's a, a bit idea. too long for people, but because well, how many years? Like five more years? Or? I bet it's four a, or five. It's it's probably yeah. a summer move. I wonder because I think you have to. I think when you trade him, it was the same with Jack Eichel. When they traded Eichel, they were gonna have to be able to fit him under the cap. But yeah. I think that changes in the off season because you can go ten percent over. So I wouldn't be surprised if that contract's traded in the summer. He has four years left after this Weber contract. So maybe if it's not this summer, a three-year, $7.8 million cap hit annual, his leg's probably done, done. So maybe you ask for the physicals to make sure they're bad. Yeah. Um, Weber, yeah, Weber's contract is definitely getting traded somewhere else. Maybe it's Nashville to help with the cap recapture. But then again, if he's just hobbling along, maybe we just kind of let slowly and let we, that. And then you call Chicago and say, how do I get this on my books? How, how much of a shame it is that we might not get a proper Shea Weber retirement ceremony for another half decade? Because wow. you can't do the whole ceremony with, when he's on the bull. Well, not against Chicago have done that, haven't they? With Chris Pronger. Yeah, I was going to say Chris yeah. Pronger. Dude. He got into the Hall of Fame while he was still under contract with the Coyotes. Chris yeah, but Prong- what teams did he play for? Uh, Philly. No. Uh, Anaheim. Back end of his year, career. American oh. teams. Anaheim, oh, yeah, yeah, American team. Canada yeah. can't get if away that, with that. If that was the point you're making. But he's yeah. the longest tenured Canadian Olympian. He, okay, he worked for the league while under contract with the Arizona Coyotes. And that's, there you go. Same thing Bizarre. with Marion Hosa. Um, he worked as a scout for the Blackhawks while he's still under contract as a player oh for the Coyotes. God. This league sucks. <laughs> well, I was skinned into condition from this gear that I've worn for how many years? Oh, I remember um, when they looked at their LTIR and it's like it's like the uh, LTIR of Hall of Famers. It's like Pavel Datsuk, Chris Pronger, and Marion Hosa. Not bad, man. 
Yeah. It's not bad. We talked about LA earlier. Friedman says that the Kings are looking, this is from the blog as well. Um, the Kings are looking for scoring and they called Vancouver. Uh, Fridge pointed out that in a, apparently in an interview, uh, Rob Blake said that sort of he preferred how he paid the low price of a second and third for Victor Arvidsson. So with that information, maybe that eliminates one of the names for you guys. I want you guys to give me a name of the following three who you could probably guess that LA are probably targeting here. JT Miller, Brock Besser, or Connor Garland. Daniel? Brock Besser. I think I think it's just the most logical one in terms of age, in terms of potential and upside, and he just kind of compliments them really well on the wing. So I'm gonna say that. Also been the most consistent, I think. And aside from a JT Miller in terms of like the age and in terms of what we're going to see. But I think with Brock Bass, it's just more of like it fits LA's timeline. Younger guy, I guess. Alex? Um, I'm going to go with Connor Garland. Okay. Uh, Because I think... With Brock Besser, you don't have like with Brock Besser, you have to worry about resigning him in the summer. With Carter Garland, you have four more years at four point nine five. I think, I mean, he's a damn good player, Um, and I think to have that, you already know you can keep him for at least four more years. And both of them are the same age; they're both twenty five. Um, maybe a year, uh, okay, a year apart. So he'll be 26 this year, but still, I, I think you, I think it still fits the timeline. I, I don't think that changes. I think they're second in the division now, man. Like their time is, it's not maybe now, but it's very much approaching closer than maybe we think it is. When I lost in Philly, I will gain in predictions with the Kings. I will get there. What was your yeah, prediction think, for the Kings? Okay. I want to say I had them two. Now, I think I actually have my prediction. Let me just get it up quickly, just so I can double check. Okay. Now, what's interesting is because JT Miller, I don't see it happening. Um, but if you, if Garland in that, you can get a sense with either of them because Garland's obviously locked up. And then Brock Besser, uh, as we know, it, that trade isn't going to get done unless you have a framework of a deal in place. Um, so if you're LA, I mean, man, it, they both work. It's either this massive goal scorer that's going to play with Turcotte or Byfield in the future, um, or it's going to be Garland, who's a bastard to play against. Uh, so I had the Kings second in the division. I won't tell you where I had Calgary. We don't need to talk about that. That's okay. But yeah. Do you guys want me to just quickly tell you who I had in the first three of each each division? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Pacific Kings, LA, Vancouver. <laughs> Uh, the the Metro, oh boy, Adam, what, what were you thinking here? Uh, Philly, Washington, Pittsburgh, which yeah, okay. Uh, the the Central, Colorado, Winnipeg, and Chicago. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> oh boy, oh goodness, we believed uh, in the trades. The, sorry, we believed in the trades, the offseason trades for Adam, Winnipeg and Chicago. Uh, and then I had Tampa, Boston, Florida, and uh. In the Atlantic, which I thought you were pretty uh, solid two out of the three, to be honest, for some of them. Yeah, well, I mean, I was pretty confident in the Florida picks. Yeah, and again, Vegas was pretty obvious. It was just a, where I missed, I missed the broad side of a barn. That's what I'll say. Uh, and yeah, we don't. I don't want to say where I put Carolina and Calgary <laughs> I, or Anaheim. I don't want to. I don't want to say. I want to say where I put the Rangers. I don't no, want no, to. Want, no. You're not getting it out of me. Okay. We'll look at it at the end of the year. It's yeah. something we want to mention 
at some time. Um, by the way, as I like do pick up one of these top six forwards and they don't pay, pay an arm and a leg, I wonder if they still have the assets to try and get Jacob Chickering. Oh. Because they're just oh. now Mark Bergman's on the team, and you know he doesn't like making those big moves, so maybe he'll stop it. But you know, Man. you know how mad I'm going to be if they pull these moves off with Bergman in the front office. <laughs> I'll actually lose it. Oh, oh he sucks. That yeah, LA team is going to look scary. I know. I just yeah. feel to know it's just thriving. You all thought I was crazy having him on Team Canada, saying he was going to be he was going to help. LA win second. I've never hated being so right about something in my entire life about the, what Phil Dino is doing for LA. And Bergevin just effect. goes and he's with him. Oh, he sucks. So in he terms of defensive... How do you only have a skills coach now? How are you doing? Anyway. So in, anyway, Senna, in terms of... Def- audio there. <laughs> in, in terms of defensive two-way centers, Isaac Gopitar is Batman, but Phil Dino is what? He can't be Robin. He's doing so well. Is he Nightwing? He is. I think that's very fair. He is. He is either the that graduate or he's how Tim Drake became Red Robin. Okay. You know what I mean? He's a mm-hmm. he's a graduate. He still has his own independence. But okay, uh, okay. But yeah, he is the. And it hurts. It hurts to look at. Uh, Chicago. They're down to their final three GM candidates. Current interim GM Kyle Davidson, Matthew Josh, who has interviewed for every job this year. Uh, and Jeff Greenberg, who is the Cubs AGM. AGM. By the way, baseball, what's happening? We'd like to know. Oh, today's the f- I know. Yeah, today's the final day that negotiations happen. That if they don't get it done within today or like the timeline, the deadline tomorrow, then you're gonna miss a few regular season games. All right, I want you guys to tell me who do you see getting the job. Um, it's 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 a uh, it's uh, you can see them going either way. Eh? Yeah, like uh, I mean, I'm glad Peter Shirelli's not on that list. I kind of wish. I, I don't know. I, I like. I know, I, did, I, I also <laughs> kind of wish too. I I very much do. But um, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, the guy they already have in house with Kyle Davidson. That'd be so disappointing. I know, but so we had Shirelli. Tulsi would have been like a not a meme hire like Shirelli, but he would have been yeah. like smart. Daniel, yeah, but, what about you? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was. It's a Chicago Blackhawks. Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes, yes, yes. I like. I guess, like for any team, I think I just want Matthew Darcy to get a chance. But knowing the Blackhawks, I I think so. I'm going to go John Davidson too because it's just it's such a Blackhawks thing to do to just kind of keep things in house and I, I just I don't know I just don't expect a lot from them in terms of trying to be more innovative with these things. So I think I'm just going to go same answer. Thank you, sir. Uh, I would like to see Jeff Greenberg just because I would love to see what the outside of hockey people think of like, ah, we got an outside hire here. I think it would just be a, like a genuinely interesting sort of hire for them to bring in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guy like Greenberg. So friggin' let's go for it, lads. I appreciate okay. your optimism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, I, the Blackhawks need to be good for this league. Like, like they need to be. I, I listen. If the Habs are going for big stars. I want cap space, boys. I want cap space. I need it. So let's get it going. Let's get it going. So, like Blackhawks, clean it up. 
Well, whoever it is, Jonathan Tabes has to. Jonathan Tabes and Patrick Green have to get their thumbs up, don't they? Man, those guys' reputations really, really took it bad. Really, really took it bad. And it's, I know, I, I, there's a joke about Patrick Green I want to make, but I definitely cannot make it. Whereas we are going to get in trouble. So I'm not going to do that. Restraint, restraint. Okay. Did you guys like the statement? How they were like, ah, so we're moving on to the finalist thing. Let's see, here, I'll read it because I have it hyperlinked up here. This is the tweet they made. Uh, update from the desk of Chicago Blackhawks Chief Executive Officer Danny Wirtz. The Chicago Blackhawks Advisory Committee has concluded its evaluation with GM candidates and provided input to leadership. The leadership team is moving to the next step of the process. Additional updates in the search will be provided as the process continues. It was just sort of, a, again, we don't see it in hockey. I think you guys point out to me that happens on the NFL, that there's a sort of, here's what we're doing with this hiring and that hiring. And I know, like, like the Flores stuff has been all over, like, the NFL, right? But, you know, it's a, uh, what you guys make of that? It was just kind of, it was like the Carey Price update. Here's the update. There's not really much of an update. Uh, yeah, I guess it's transparency. But, like, again, cool. Yeah, like it's great. Like I think we get more of like a what's happening in the organization, but a little more transparency. I also didn't get anything from it. Fair enough, Dan. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like sometimes with the updates, because okay, I'm not saying they're trolling us with things, <laughs> but I'm just saying that it's going getting to a point now where it's like we're giving you all these updates. Is this? Are you happy now? Are you happy? that there is this transparency now that we're giving you literally all these things like, Hey, we interviewed this person. Hey, we're doing this stuff. Um, what else do you want? And I'm, you know, I, I, I'm probably reading it wrong. They're probably being genuine with it, but I just, I guess my feeling is it's just like a switch from what we expect. It's Danny, not Rocky. I hope Rocky works is now Twitter. I bet he actually writes these sarcastically done things and then, and then Danny has to has to proofread it. Like, no, we can't say that. Yeah, we can't so. say that. And I, it's like, ah. Daniel, I think you do make a point, though. I think I think maybe they are trying to be like genuine with the like being transparent in this in in this process. It's just a little hard to take seriously. Yeah, timing is not great. Like you know Rocky, I mean? it's a byproduct of what Rocky's outburst has done to the Blackhawks. That we just don't trust them anymore, nor should we. Yeah. Because they haven't earned any trust. No, that that's spot on. Okay. So Daniel, you've now read uh Brian Burke's book, right? Yes, I have. Alex, you read yet to read it, right? Yeah, I went to an indigo around Christmas time thinking, oh, they'll have Brian Burke's book. And I couldn't find it. It was at the okay. Eden Center. We have to go to the source. So there is yeah. a reason, Daniel, you're going to know where I'm going with this, and you're going to understand my reasoning why. Is Matthew Darsh going to be damaged goods if he doesn't get this job? The reason I ask that is Brian Burke had a worry, and I want to say it was, he, this, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, because you've read it more recently than I, that you know he got the interviews in a few different places, and he was worried if he didn't get the Hartford job that he would start becoming damaged goods, and he's well, talked yes. about it. Yeah. And I think it's Philly. He went to Philly first and then Hartford. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was that. I think we've had this discussion with, is this going to happen with, um, 
uh, used to be in LA, works for Sports University of Carolina with Mike Fuda. I am worried that Mike, that um, not Mike Fuda, sorry, that, that Matthew Josh, he's up for this job, doesn't get it. This job doesn't get it. Is he good, but is he that good? Which may have to be good because then Tampa Bay keep a good hockey mind. It kind of sucks, but I just, I, I wanted to pose the question because I remember that part of Burke's book a lot. Mm-hmm. I, for me, I think there is some truth to it where he keeps going to all of these high profile places. And I think eventually I'm going to be I'm an optimist and say he's going to get there eventually, but it's not going to be like this direct hire that eventually he's going to say, okay, I'll take like an AGM job or I'll get something that's still high in the organization. And then he works his way up to do that. Um, one example I have is, I know Alex, you're not going to say it a lot, but it's also in the book, but Dave Nonis, he's not someone who's, you know, hypothetically been dir- like hired directly as a GM, but he somehow became a GM everywhere he went because he just got something and he's worked his way up until someone was fired or replaced. <laughs> I think that's fair. Alex, what do you think? What's your perspective on this? Um, I think there's a, there's a sense of that's probably true. But I, I think maybe I still think he can get a job. Like I, I don't see what's really stopping him from like, listen, people are going to get fired. Uh, I mean, it might not be Chuck Fletcher, but like it should be Chuck Fletcher <laughs> and you, he, he could slot in there right away. Like I, I don't see, I don't see why he still can't get a job. I get the argument, but I just think, that he should still be up. Like, I don't see why he shouldn't be up for jobs just because this time around, they all went with different guys, unless there's legitimately something we don't know about that's stopping them from hiring him. Then, then we're having a different discussion, right? Maybe there's yeah. something we don't know about. He, he was apparently a finalist in Montreal. I want to say, did he get a second interview in Anaheim? He was around Vancouver. I think he was a finalist in, in Anaheim, so probably. Fair enough. And, you know, he was around Vancouver, but you know what? Uh, you know, Vancouver and all that type of stuff. You know, it's just, um, just pose the question. A few more things before we go. Uh, March 12th, uh, Jeff Merrick saying on uh, 32 Thoughts Hockey Night that PPG Paints Arena, which is where Pittsburgh play, are looking to host a sort of rematch between the U.S. and Canada women's um, women's teams, like an Olympic rematch. And it seems to be that women's hockey is sort of taking advantage advantage of the sort of momentum from the Olympics, and they're continuing to go. Side note on this, uh, the Dream Gap Tour was happening today with the PHW. I always mess this up. The PWPH, Alex, what is it? PWHPA. It's just too many P's in one word and abbreviation. I don't like it. The, the Dream Gap final was today. Montreal beat Toronto. I love to see it. love to see it so much, don't you, lads? Now, different league, obviously, from you know the PHF and that, but it's definitely nice to sort of see that, uh, you know, they're doing it. Just at some point, can you please come together? You know what I mean? Come mm-hmm. together. It's also another example of NHL teams sort of working in tandem with women talking, which I like teams doing it, but I'd like the league to do it as well. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's too much, Adam. That's too much to ask for. Gary Bettman's too Isn't busy. It? Gary Bettman's too busy dealing with Eugene Melnick wanting to move to the states. You know uh, what? You know what? Will sent me really today. Bu- he's just really busy. What like at like you? two a.m., my phone goes off. I'm like, I'm trying to sleep right, and like Will sends me a puking emoji. I'm like, what is this? And it's a video of Bet- Bettman going past the Predators. Uh, and like, because he was at the the outdoor game. We're gonna talk about that in a second. By the way. Surprise! I'm surprising the guys with this, and 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 someone just yelled, "Ah, give Gary a kick!" And you know, and you know, in the pregame, the guys like kick the ball around, and Batman does it. It's just, it's just really awkward. He's like, "Enjoy the game, guys." And Batman, it's just, oh, I, I hate it so much. I just hate Batman. Um, another thing, the surprise. The Coyotes and the PA are set to meet. This is also thirty two thoughts. Uh, like everything we're talking about today is. Uh, the Coyotes and the PA are apparently meet, uh, set to meet soon to discuss next season. Uh, it seems to be there's a big emphasis on keeping the players informed because uh, generally, surprise, surprise, the players don't like the situation and have a lot of questions, like probably facilities and that. I also would. I mean this in the most respectful way possible. I hope they get $0 for the next three years from every other team. I mean, if the that, PA don't fight for revenue sharing to be yeah. cut off here. I, what's going on? I yeah, what's happening with the Donald Fear stuff? Yeah, I don't trust the PA. If I'm a player, I don't trust the PA anymore. Because if there's yeah. no facilities, like, I'm not going to like imagine the least practice out of what is it, the gym? It's at like the Mac or something on Ryerson or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. Yeah, the Mac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Madame Athletic Center. Mm-hmm. The one time I can use Toronto slang, that's cap. That's cap. I don't know what that means, but it's cap. It has to do with the Capitals, I think, from Washington Capitals. Uh, yo, Vetchin's so cap. I can't believe you said. That. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe you. I can't believe. Sorry. This is, it wasn't this offensive. Cap about. isn't offensive, is it? No, no. It's just funny to hear you say it, Adam. That's it. That's I'm, trying. Cap. I'm trying to be with the times. No, that's fair. I hate that Ryerson's two-factor authentication logging to Rams now. I hate it so much. So do I. I hate online. That's I not just, cap, or is that cap? I don't know. No, that's not uh, cap. That's not, it's not cap. cap. That's not cap. What okay. What does cap mean? Like, cool? To be honest, I'm not entirely sure. But I is it, it they just, hit the hard cap ceiling? I don't know. I don't, it I don't might get be, it. it might okay, be. I don't know. Um, like Toronto's cap. Are, that's true. They have to make some moves. I don't know. Um, yeah, like the salary cap is not cap. Then I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mess. Did you guys know there was the, the outdoor game between Nashville and Tampa was yesterday? I uh, yeah, the jerseys. Yesterday. I saw the jerseys. Yeah. I don't know a sports that I know it wasn't. It's just no offense, you know. I'm a Habs fan. You know, Leafs are always important. I don't give a crap about Toronto, Detroit, or Montreal, Ottawa when there's an outdoor game, and I don't think Sportsnet promoted it because I don't even know if they had it. I don't even know who won. No, I don't. Yeah. See, the, 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 like, see the problem? The, I don't know either. Yeah. The thing, and, and this is my biggest thing with the way the NHL has done outdoor games, is that they do one in January, then they do one in February, they might do one in March. Cut it. No, you do all of them on the same day. 
like we like the NBA, their day is Christmas Day. They have Christmas Day games. Everyone knows about it. You watch whichever ones you want. If you get one, you're uh, you're amazing. The Raptors, I think, what they've had one dead one after the championship. Bastards. Um, do it like just put them all on the same day and make it like a spectacle. Don't th- randomly throw them in the middle of February. No one's gonna remember. Everyone remembers the Winter Classic. Yeah. Your New Year's Day. I think Justin Bourne's talked about that before. Do New Year's Day. Yeah. You That'd pick be a, a great day. way. Pick your day. Me, me, even or even if it's like you, you know, try and work with the double IHF to maybe not in, interfere. Because I think no, it's only like Christmas Eve or something. That's our Boxing Day. They try and have some big marquee matches, but you know, coordinate with them. And you can even have like this. It would it would require the league supporting the double IHF, which they just seem to hate doing. But like you could all you could somehow work in it with the World Juniors. You know what I mean? Like imagine having this like sort of like weekend of hockey extravaganza. Yeah. Like with the you know you got some World Junior good matchups, hockey. You know like Canada, US if they're in the same bracket or Russia or whoever. I probably shouldn't say Russia actually. That was pretty bad. Um, but you know you know what I mean? I'm just have a marquee matchup to do that, and then like have that as like a Friday game or whatever, and then like a weekend of outdoor games. With like Sorry. your big rivalries, Spirit, put Nashville in there if you want. I don't then they're awful jerseys, but just, just make it special. Gary, give us a call. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah. We'll help. We'll be I'll, on the team. I will. I will try to not call you a weasel. <laughs> I make no promises. I make no promises. And with that, the show is oh. over. Goodbye. Good night. Good morning. Afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this. Uh, check out TikTok for the show, the YouTube version of the show, Spotify video. Always a surprise to hear. Or wherever you know you listen to your podcast, rate us on Spotify and podcast app, Apple. Fix your app or just leave it because you just <laughs> it's it. It was good three versions ago, and you keep messing around with it. Stop downloading two weeks of the Jeff Merrick show without me asking. I don't want to listen to that much of the Jeff Merrick show. I can listen to 32 thoughts and I don't have to listen to most of our segments because it's the same thing. And with that, we're done. Goodbye. Bye, guys.